everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the Profit Roadmap. I'm Baird Plissy alongside Cody Owen, as always. Uh, Bear, the last episode I was not on, it was you and Patrick, so you can't say as always anymore. Oh, man. Truth in journalism, Bear. Sorry. Wait, we have to be, like, journalistically ethical on this show? Yeah. Oh, man. Bear, what have you been doing this whole time? I, no, I've been fine. I'm worried about you, actually, is my, my biggest concern. <laughs> But uh, we're, I, I'm really excited about this particular show. We uh, we had the opportunity. To, we were approached by our guest of honor here that I'll be introducing shortly. I was really excited about the opportunity to talk, sit down and talk with him today. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Here's an influencer in the green industry. Has built up an amazing business. Really diverse. And you know what? I'm just going to let him get into it as much as possible today and, and, and give you some great tips and tricks and just share a little bit about his story along the way. It is with great pleasure that we welcome in Corey Ballard, the founder of Ballard Incorporated and great influencer in the green industry business. Corey, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Glad to, glad to be on. Well, let's, uh, man, it is a real pleasure to sit down with you. Um, I'm really excited to learn more about your background, your story, and I know what in just an expansive kind of you know, I don't want to make it sound too grandiose, but it is pretty grandiose, man. An expansive empire that you have of influence in this industry. So I'm really excited to to sit down and have our listeners and our audience learn a little bit more about it. Uh, so if you don't mind, Corey, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you, I know you've been in this business for, you know, three decades. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how that all started? Sure. Well, that, that ages me a little bit, but that's, uh, that's accurate. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, not unlike a lot of guys in, in the green industry, I started very humbly, very simple, a story you guys probably hear a lot in our industry. But, you know, I was 14. I, I wanted to get a faster moped. I wanted to make some money. And my dad said, hey, why don't you go cut some grass? So as uh, simple as that, I started knocking on doors and um, started cutting some grass in the neighborhood. And uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed working outdoors and working with my hands. So quickly was cutting some grass. And, uh, you know, by 16, I had, uh, you know, a driver's license and a, and a couple dozen, you know, lawns to cut and uh, had a little mowing business. By the time I graduated high school, we had a couple crews and uh, I was working hard. And, you know, I certainly sacrificed some things, some sports uh, and some other things so I could uh, be out cutting grass. And in our high school back then had a program where you could get out at noon as a senior. And so uh, I had guys working for me, uh, at, you know, my senior year in high school and uh, I was cutting grass and, and doing a lot of the same things uh, guys do when they start out, um, just knocking on a lot of doors and out mowing grass and, and working hard and, and uh, you know, putting out that sacrifice out there. And, you know, a little bit about, you know, our company today and then kind of how that led into the Ballard side, which is the product side. You know, we just uh, after high school, I continued to, to grow the company and uh, and surround myself with some really great people. And uh, we just worked really hard. We um, we were in a community that was growing. The economy was good. Uh, we knew a lot of people. And so we grew that company. And it, it originally started as a, just a mowing company, which expanded into other lines of service that uh, that's pretty typical in our business as far as the weed control and furt and then landscaping and irrigation. And then, of course, in the winter here in Iowa, we, we do snow removal. And so that business just continued to expand over and over the years and uh, aligned myself with a great business partner back then. Now, he wasn't my partner then, but he just uh, he had a, a great knack for selling. I had a great knack for getting the work done and understood the operation side really well. And so we grew that company and um, continued to grow it over, you know, over 20 years. And, and today, uh, that company is called Perfect Cut Site Management. We've got a location in Des Moines, Iowa, uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and also Omaha, Nebraska. And 
Uh, we're a full service site management company, do all services, including mainly commercial uh, and a lot of uh, large snow and ice management with about 200 employees. And, and we're on the top 150 list of uh, national companies. So built a really, really great uh, lawn and landscape company. And, you know, that gave me an opportunity to uh, kind of have some hobby businesses, which is what Ballard started as. Uh, we just started making some products for ourselves. We thought, you know, there's got to be a better way for this and there's got to be a better way for that. And and over the years, we built some products and patented some products and, and just kind of created some things to make our crews a little bit more efficient, effective, safe, uh, and, you know, ultimately, hopefully more profitable, which is which is always the key. So, you know, that's kind of the short version of how you get from a, a lawnmower and a moped to um, to a $20 million landscape company. And so you did buy the moped. I, I got a, I had a couple of my I'm, I'm if, if one's good, three's better. That's kind of my theory in life. So, yeah, I had a fa- I had the fastest moped in, in probably the United States of America. So um, but we uh, yeah, so that, you know, we we just worked really, really hard at our business. We continue to work really hard at that business today. Uh, we're involved in a lot of different uh, a lot of different uh, networking events and and try to surround ourselves with great people. And we and we try to hire great people and. Um, you know, I don't know how much we want to get into that side of our business, but, you know, one of the cool things about the Ballard side is and not only do we offer great products, but we get a great chance to answer a lot of questions and help guys with the day to day things that, um, you know, small guys in our industry struggle with. And, you know, it's, you know, how do I grow? How do I hire good people? Where do I find good people? Uh, you know, do I buy? Do I lease? Do, uh, you know, what's my pricing structure look like? Am I charging enough? You know, all the things that you guys probably hear on a regular basis and, so part of our cool platform is, you know, we offer great products, but we also try to be a resource to our industry and, and answer a ton of questions to guys and, and then give them a glimpse into what we consider a successful company and show them that uh, the products we sell, we use. So um, I'm not just a guy out there um, selling a bunch of stuff that I don't know anything about, although people like to tell me that occasionally social media is an interesting platform where uh, there can be a People lot being of negative uh, on social media. I just, I, I can't imagine that. It's crazy. Uh, sometimes <laughs> it gets to me and I've been really trying to work hard at not letting get, you know, get to me. Cause uh, yeah, I've been called, the, called a lot of things and uh, we won't, we won't talk about them on, on the air today, but yeah, I've been called Sorry, a lot of things don't and, worry about it. it's fine. <laughs> and, and criticized and said, you know, that I don't know what I'm talking about. And, but I do, I think I do. Um, I certainly have learned a lot of lessons over, over my time and my experience. We've done a lot of things wrong. Um, we've done a lot of things right. So, uh, you know, I try to share those experiences with guys and, and walk them through some of the steps on uh, how to create a great business for themselves. And ultimately, my goal is I want to professionalize our industry. I want uh, it to be looked at different than, you know, it seems like when you talk to people, and I don't know what your guys' experience in this is, but it's um, it's a very simple industry to get into. There's a very low uh, upfront cost. And uh, so at times, you know, it seems like, uh it's kind of an industry looked down on and, and that's unfortunate. It truly is. I, I, and I've, I've always wanted to ask, a, we've, we've talked to numerous business owners just like yourself um, during, during the time of this podcast. And, you know, I've had the good fortune of, I've had the good cor- fortune of course of meeting amazing business owners uh, by being associated with service autopilot and this podcast as well. And this is a question I've always wanted to ask. And I, and I think I might as well just go ahead and a- ask you, Corey, cause it, you would, you know, the way you've built your business, I think you're the perfect candidate to do. So for the guy who is starting out, whether, whether they be in high school wanting a moped, like the way you started, or a guy in their thirties looking to, to build a business or something, who's looking to expand and particularly in snow, you know, here in Texas, we don't get that. So we don't really know what that industry is all about, but I, I have to imagine it, it is the, 
while some things may be a little bit similar, there, there is a lot of other challenges and difficulties. When you first expanded your business into to snow removal services, what were some of the earliest challenges and what, how would you have changed that if you know what you know today? Yeah, good question. So I think in the beginning, a lot of guys get into the snow business thinking, uh, it'll keep me busy in the winter. Um, and that's what we certainly did. We thought, how, how do we keep our guys busy? How do we generate some money? And, and the reality is, if you do snow removal and ice services correctly, it, it should be your most profitable division. You know, so we had to take a, you know, take a different look at it and understand our business model, um, who are the clients we're going after, and how do we charge accordingly? How do we have the right equipment in place? How do we have the right safety in place? you know, make sure that we're able to deliver on the services because snow is a really timely business. Obviously, if it's snowing at 4 a.m. And, and and if you're taking care of commercial clients, certainly um, they've got to be able to, to operate their, their business at 5, 36 a.m. when their employees start getting there and then maybe their doors open at 8. So um, understanding your business, um, you know, we certainly learned some lessons by, you know, over committing and we didn't have the appropriate amount of backup equipment. You know, we had a lot of old trucks, used equipment, uh, you know, as, as a lot of new companies do when they start up, you you've got older equipment and if it's uh, three in the morning and you've only got four trucks and two of them are broke down, you're in trouble. So we certainly did that. We would, we would over promise and under deliver. Um, and we learned a lesson and we really had to take a step back and look at our snow operation, figure out, you know, what does our model client look like? What equipment do we really need, uh, to service our clients, uh, the way we need to, and, and, and make sure that it's reliable, make sure we have safe operators in it. What training are we doing? And what are the expectations, uh, from our clients needs? What, uh, uh, what, what type of businesses do we want and what do they expect from us and, and outline those very clearly in our contracts. And because it's a liability as well, you know, in, in this business, uh, you know, slip and falls, uh, you're going to be named liable. You're going to be getting sued. So, I, you know, I think we learned a lot of lessons in the beginning by just uh, we wanted more, more, more. And we weren't quite prepared for that in the beginning. And we certainly lost some clients and, you know, didn't deliver the level of service that we that we wanted to. If we can talk about the idea of over-promising and under-delivering for a second, what piece of advice, like what what thought do you have now that you wish you could give a younger version of yourself uh, with regard to that, like the recovery from it? Sure. Well, and we're still learning today. Um, I can tell you that our, our, our company, uh, we got rid of 65 commercial clients just this year. Uh, we really had to look at our business model and decide what made the most sense for us. And that's a tough deal because we work so hard as business owners to get clients. You know, we just uh, we just did some stuff for Turf Sub Radio this morning. And we were talking about, you know, how do you how to say no? A lot of guys say, you know, how do I say no? Because we're out hustling. So I think you have to really understand your business model and you have to figure out what clients make the most sense for you. And, and can you really service them? Because it's it's hard to say no. We want all the business we can get, right? I think everybody does. And I don't know if I'm answering your question right, but I think, you know, making sure you know when to say no, you know which clients make the most sense and, you know, how do they, can, can you take care of them? And are you charging the right amount? For many years, we didn't say no. And I think one of the best things that happened to us is we learned how to say no politely uh, say, you know, we, we appreciate the opportunity, but that just, we're unable to take care of you at the level you deserve. So we kind of put it back on them instead of just saying, hey, we're too busy. Uh, we just say, hey, you know, we just don't think we can deliver the service that your account uh, requires. Uh, here's maybe a few other guys in town that might be a better fit for you. So I think it's it's important to understand what you're really capable of. Um, a little bit of ego gets in the way there because we, we want to be bigger, better, more, more, more. And um, I find when I talk to a lot of small guys that, uh, at the end of the year, they're not making much money because they really don't understand their model and they don't understand the cost of doing business. So I think it's important to 
to figure that out and be really honest with yourself on what your model looks like, what clients make the most sense. And because we learned a lot along the way and we're still learning uh, 30 years into this. Like I said, we just got rid of some commercial clients and uh, that was a tough decision to make. Uh, some of them clients have been with us 20 years and we they just didn't fit our model anymore. And those are tough, uh, tough conversations to have with people. And but ultimately it we're able to take care of the clients that do fit us uh, at the level that they deserve. And that makes a lot more sense for our business. Yeah. Well, let's make a little bit of a transition here into talking about Ballard Inc. So you were kind of developing custom solutions for your lawn care business. What does that transition look like from like, hey, we're making these things for ourselves to other people might be interested in these? Sure. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the first product we came out with was our easy gate. It's just a, it's a trailer gate assist and uh, it allows you to lift and lower the, the trailer gates uh, with one hand versus just letting them slam to the ground and break the welds loose. So we just we just started making things that made our days a little bit safer and, and better. And um, I, I went out to the GIE show back then. It was a little different, but it was still in Louisville. And, and we went out to the show and we looked around and I think we started realizing this was a little bit pre-social media and we started realizing that, you know, this is a big industry. Uh, there's a lot of guys doing what we do and, you know, we've got some great products that we've built for our own use. And so for many years, it was kind of a hobby business for me. I was still fully engaged in, in, in our uh, site management company and, but we had these great products and I wasn't quite sure what we wanted to do with them. And, you know, so we patented a few products. We, we, you know, we'd run the ads in, in, in the local or the, I shouldn't say local, the national publications back then. They were a, a lot stronger than they are now. Of course, with social media, you know, magazines are, are kind of dying off, as you guys know. And so we made these great products, but we did, then we didn't know how to sell them. Like, oh, we've got, you know, we've got these great products. How do we get the word out? So we did the trade show circuit like a lot of guys do. We would travel around, hit a lot of local and regional trade shows. and But you're still only touching a tiny fraction of the market. And even today, we're still guys are seeing products that have been out 15 years and, and they think they just came out because it's, it's such a big world out there and they're just coming across some of the, some of the products that we have now. But in the beginning, it was just, a, it was a hobby business and it was fun. And I liked that we could provide some cool, cool options and some cool innovation to, to guys out there, but it was pretty old school. It was running an ad, at, you know, in line and landscape magazine and get 10 orders and ship them out and, and run another ad and get 20 orders and ship them out and go to trade show and We'd bring stuff to the trade show and we'd sell them at the trade show to try to cover the cost. But And that business just expanded as we started looking around and saying, hey, you know, that these products make sense. And then we started partnering up with some other guys that made some great products. And we said, hey, we could, I think we can sell your products as well. And that just grew and grew over the years. And, you know, uh, a, a few, without jumping too far ahead, but, you know, a few years back, you know, we decided, hey, we've got some amazing products and we have, a, there's a great industry out there. And how do we get this out to the masses? And uh, we had some meetings and said, hey, either, either I was at the point where I was either going to shut it down completely or kind of go all in. I thought, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's check this social media thing out. Let's see what happened. Let's see what's going on on Facebook. Let's see what's going on on Instagram. Let's try to put out a positive message. Let's try to show people products in action. Um, let's shoot some kind of gritty raw video that that are real so people can relate to them and show them in action. And uh, we've had a great, uh, great reception by doing that. And, and, and seem, it seems to be working well. Kind of looking at where Ballard Inc. is today, what what piece of equipment, like what what accessory that you guys make are you most excited about it can be something that is like currently out or it can be something that's coming down the pipeline whatever you would like to talk about 
That's a good one. Uh, we've the got, Profit Roadmap is always excited for a scoop. So. Yeah, so we've got probably two or three really cool things coming in the next two months that I'm really excited about that I think um, stick right to our tagline. Our tagline is innovative solutions for, for the outdoor professional. And um, we think we've got some really neat stuff coming. Uh, I'm excited about everything. I mean, I, I really am. I like the products that we have. We use them. They work. They do exactly what they're supposed to do. You know, some of them, you know, I came out with a product last year. Just simply by, I was, I went and jumped on a mower. We were behind. It was raining a lot here. I jumped on a mower and I was picking up trash and I thought, man, there's got to be a better way to do it than this. Trash is in the cup holders. I got trash in my pockets. I got trash wedged in the seat. Um, so I just built a product that, uh, called the garbage goat. It holds, it holds trash. It hooks right to your seat or it's got magnets on the bottom. And so I love, you know, I love when I can take kind of an idea and, um, and bring that to life and, and then get it out on the market. And then of course the payoff for me is when, not only do we sell them, but when people send us pictures and um, we've been really with Instagram, we've really been trying to, to post other people's pictures where they show our products in their company. And when they say, hey, man, I love this product. It works great. It's changed my whole operation. And those are kind of the payoffs for us. We love when guys show us our products um, in action and how it helps their business today. When you started manufacturing these products and putting them together, uh, when did you, like on on top of the business that you spent, you know, a couple of decades building and everything? When did you realize that you had a a, a brand that kind of became worthwhile to worthwhile to to build something upon? Was it really early on when you were still doing one dimensional business, or did it come later on as you developed more and more with these these hobbies and projects? Uh, to be honest, really, probably in the last 24 months, um, we knew we were selling a lot of product um, and we and people were excited about it. I think I think last year was when it was really eye opening for me when we when we were really getting a, a massive amount of orders and we thought, boy, we might be onto something here and uh, um, and getting a, a ton of great feedback. Uh, the GIE show was kind of fun for me. I was out at the GIE show and it was kind of it was a weird feeling, but you know, people were like coming up and saying, Hey, can I take my picture with you? And I'm thought, why, why do you want your picture with me? But I forget that they've seen me on Instagram 3000 times. And it, so it was kind of, you know, I thought, you know, we might be onto something here. You know, we have an opportunity to get in front of a lot of people and show them a really cool insight into our business. And then also answer a lot of questions. And I think that's what makes our business different than what's out there, you know, versus you can buy a lot of product on, on Amazon today. The difference is, you know, we're credible. We're in the same business. When you call, if you call, when we're off this interview call, I'm going to answer the phone and I'm going to answer, if you shoot me an email, I'm going to answer the email. When people have problems, I give my direct email. So I think, you know, people are surprised that we're still, um, there's not a customer service section. It's us. We're in here. We're we're working on products. We show, uh, uh, we show a, a lot of, again, behind the scenes and show us in here boxing stuff up with our own hands and always looking for great solutions. I get a lot of guys reaching out to me saying, Hey, I built this cool product. What do I do with it? Um, we're able to help some of those guys bring those products to life, which is really fun for me. I'm not in the business of stealing people's products. I'm in the business of helping them, you know, see if it's a, a viable product and, you know, see if, if that, if there's a need for it in our industry. And, and I'm, I'm just excited about seeing where we can take this and, and, and helping guys, uh, you know, really professionalize the green industry. So hypothetical, Let's say that I am kind of a smaller lawn care business owner. It's like me, a truck and a trailer, maybe one or two uh, guys in the crew with me. We've got, you know, like a V-Ride and a, you know, like 21 inch push mower and then, you know, weed eaters and uh, a backpack blower or two in our trailer. We've got like no kind of organization system, just kind of like everything's in the trailer. Kind of walk me through what 
what in y'all's opinion I should uh, where I should be looking to kind of outfit myself with some Ballard stuff right sure. away. Yeah. So we've got, you know, a ton of different options for trailer racks to hold everything from, you know, string trimmers to blowers, handheld blowers, uh, sprayers. We, we sell sprayers as well. We sell safety gear. We have uh, plug phones, which are uh, listen to music and also protect your hearing. Um, we try to do, we try to show these guys a lot of different things that, and they're, and they're really pretty cost effective. Uh, when you look at the grand scheme of things, when you buy it, you know, an eight, nine ten thousand dollar mower and we have a, a product called the power locker that locks it in place and keeps it safe so you know we try to show them uh real gear real you know in real life scenario and uh and show them what we have and uh so you know a lot of guys will come on and you know they'll just buy a couple small things and start to get their their operation a little more organized one of the cool things about a lot of our racks that we we sell um you know they lock up they're, they're lockable and there's been a lot of theft going on you know when a small guy runs into a fast food place, gets a bite to eat for lunch and comes out and his, his only string trimmer and his only backpack blower is gone. Uh, that's a huge deal for him. He's out. I mean, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't just get a stop by the dealer and pick up a thousand dollars in new parts. And so we like that we can offer great products that are also, uh, you know, lockable, uh, keep their stuff secure. A lot of these small guys keep their stuff. Maybe they don't have a shop, so it's sitting in their driveway overnight. And the reality is guys, as you know, most, you know, in our industry, probably 90% of the guys are under that, you know, 10, 15 employee threshold. They've got one or two crews, uh, owner operator, maybe they've got, uh, you know, a couple, two, three trucks. Um, so that is a bulk of our industry. And I think that's kind of been our niche. We, we typically don't sell to a lot of the, what I consider like the top 100, top 150 companies. I'm not sure why, maybe it's because they would need so much of everything. Um, we certainly do sell to some of those, uh, some of those guys, but, uh, you know, I think our niche is, you know, the under under 20 employee owner operator cares about his guys, cares about his equipment, can't afford theft, has to be as, you know, as efficient as possible out there to, to try to make ends meet. And so that's where we really, I think, resonate well with those guys. And, and again, show them kind of a, uh, a bigger company that does the exact same thing they're doing. And, and, and then they want to emulate that and, and they see it and they go, hey, I, if they're running it, it works for them you know, that works. And that's one of the things we did when we started our company way, way back. We said, what are the big guys running and why? You know, what, what are the national companies running and why? Uh, maybe they're onto something. And so our model was, you know, let's look big, let's act big, but let's figure out what, what the big guys are running. And, you know, because they've done the research, they, they probably have this figured out. You know, that's, that's some fantastic information, Corey. We really appreciate your time today. And really, I think we only scratched the surface. So if I may be so bold to ask you, uh, live on a podcast. If we we would love to have you back. Would you be willing to come back and and cover some more ground? Because I think, like I said, we just scratched the surface today. Absolutely, I I, I can go on forever. I I enjoy talking about our industry. I enjoy talking about you know my my experience in the industry and and what you know what we can do. And uh, you know I'd love to to be on anytime that you guys would ask. And uh, I just enjoy it. I enjoy uh, anytime I get asked to talk uh, in, anywhere about what we do. Uh, I'm all I'm all for it. Fantastic. I think the, I think we, de I definitely want to get more into products with you and some of these transition points a little bit, you know, more in detail a little bit. I think, uh, I think Cody especially will find, uh, what you're doing, uh, with social media, which you, by the way, you can check out their Instagram. Great follow Ballard underscore innovative underscore products. There's a link in the show notes. There's a link in the show notes. Of course, Cody puts everything in the show notes. There's um, <laughs> Ballard, uh, Ballard-Inc.com uh, to check out all the fantastic products uh, that Corey and his team have put together. And a pretty cool 
pretty cool shirt too, man. I, I saw the Mr. Mo it all. I, I saw, um, I'm assuming it's the wife, uh, your wife that wearing Mrs. Mo it all. Yeah, so a, we try to have one. some fun. Yeah, we have some. We have about six or seven different shirts. We try to have some fun with it as well, and you know, offer guys. Uh, you know, we got hats, we've got shoes, we've got shirts. We try to do some cool things that, uh, again, are just different than what you're going to see out there. I think um, I believe we're doing it different than anybody else, and I think that's why it's worked for us. We, we try to have uh, a lot of fun with what we do and offer great things to our to everybody out there that's interested and. Um, and we're always adding, you know, new. A lot of guys say, hey, "Can you send me a catalog?" And we say, "You know, our catalog is our website." Because uh, just last week we added two new products, and we're always we're always looking for new products. We're always out there looking for better ways and solutions and and, and ways to make this uh, this industry more professional and and help guys that uh, that are looking for help. And I'm so excited to conclude. And of course, I'm I'm killing the luster with what I'm about to conclude the show with. But I was so excited to find out that you were you were from Iowa because uh, truly you are the example of if you build it. They will come. <laughs> you couldn't you just couldn't leave that one alone, could nope, you? Couldn't do it. I'm a, you, you, <laughs> I get it. I get he's it. Covered in baseball paraphernalia right now. <laughs> it, it's kind of his whole thing. Corey, thank you so much for your time, guys. Check out the show notes. Give them a follow on Instagram if you're on Instagram. Uh, I'll also have a link to their Facebook page if you are cool like me and hang out on Facebook. Corey. Again, thanks so much. And uh, Bear and I will both be at GIE this fall. So we will have to come find you and we'll do, maybe we can record something there from the floor. Awesome. We'll be there. We'll be walking around and, and we, we don't do a booth at GIE because I really like, I really enjoy the chance to get around and, and talk to people and see what's going on and what's new. And uh, when you have a booth, I did a booth there for probably 15 years and uh, you're kind of trapped in that area. Uh, and I, you know, I'm, I, I love the fact that we get to go around and just talk to, talk to a lot of great people and, and, uh, we go live from there as well. We do a lot of, we'll be shooting live and um, we're teamed up with some other great partners and we're, we'll be live on a lot of radio shows and doing some diff- different things to hopefully, again, bring more awareness to our industry, get more guys to the GIE show, uh, continue to professionalize the industry. And, you know, I appreciate your guys' time. And anytime you want to talk, uh, I'd love to. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks for listening. We will see you in, in two weeks. Sounds great, guys. Appreciate it. The music in this episode of The Profit Road Mac was Rip Tide and Summon the Rock by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you want to check out Kevin's music, it's some good stuff, Incompetech.com.